Happy holidays, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the PhD Podcast. My name is Mitch. It was a nice little time off, but we're about ready to get back into it. And back into it, we will be getting uh, here momentarily this weekend. We'll be bringing in the Robert Morris coverage, and that's what this podcast is for. It is the Robert Morris edition of the Halftime Show. We're going to bring you up to speed about what's going on with the Colonials and what's going on in their first half and looking ahead at their second half. And I'm going to be doing that with Matt Mamros here. Uh, we put together a very a nice, long, extended segment for the Robert Morris Colonials this week, and I hope you listen in here. Uh, Rob, Matt Mamros and I have been around all year, so we're going to bring it in to you and bring you up to date, and so you can just show up at the rink and know what you're looking for this Saturday at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex for the Battle of the Berg. Without further ado, here is Matt Mamros coming on with our segment. I'd like to welcome... Back, one of our regular contributors to the PhD podcast, Matt Mamros. We're going to be talking about the first half that was the Robert Morris men and Robert Morris women and what to look forward to in the second half. Um, we'd love to have Gary Heeman on for the segment, but unfortunately, you know, his, schedule, his schedule and everything, it's a little tough to get him, you know, up to speed and everything with the men's side. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll err to the side of caution. Here is Matt Mamros. Matt, how's your uh, holiday break starting out so far? But not much of a break. Uh, I get a total of two days off, so not not much of a break. But uh, hey, you know what? We appreciate you calling in. What do we got? Where are we starting today? Well, I mean, let's uh, let's take a look at where the men sit. We might as well start there because they come back. Actually, you know what? They, the women come back first, and then they come back. So, but uh, we got that Johnstown uh, first NCAA game at the Cambria County War Memorial coming up. So that's going to be very. Very exciting here, but mm-hmm. at, at one point in the season, the men were first place in Atlantic hockey. At the break, they after on a coming to the break, a little bit of a skid, but mm-hmm. they sit at fourth place in the conference with a overall record of seven, eight, and three. In the conference, they are seven, five, and three. Their current streak is Taiwan, even though it was a shootout loss. I guess they mm-hmm. officially scored theirs as ties. They are ties. You just get the additional point if you win. Makes, makes sense. And yeah. then um, at home, they're 3-4-3. Three, and three. In a way, they're 4-4. Four and four. And it, they have not played a neutral site game yet this year. They, they got, will. Yeah, they got those coming, coming up. up. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they started the season a little bit rough, uh, getting swept by Michigan Tech at home. And I believe that was Michigan Tech's first appearance at the island. Mm-hmm. Was, I think it was the first time ever between the two teams, if I'm correct. Yeah, and they, it started out a little bit rough. On, on that edge there, but um, they came back and, and played a very, what I think so far is their game of the year. Their, their 2-1 loss against Penn State, he was ranked 7 at the time at Pagoya. We got Penn State coming here the 11th of January at PPG Paint 3, and that's going to be a good one to get out to. Yep. I highly recommend hopping on to Ticketmaster and grabbing your seats Yeah, now. tickets are on sale now. And they're, they're relatively cheap. Don't let the resale people get you. Um, and uh, we have that the the light incident at Mercyhurst that will cause Robert Morris to play um, three games in five days against Mercyhurst. Yeah, I was there for the, that contest. Yeah, that was the contest I drove up for. We have a, a I know it's a Tuesday night game, mm-hmm. and um, I believe the other two are home and home. Yes, it will be a Tuesday night game. Then I believe they come home and then head back to Mercyhurst. 
that's going to be a, a crazy logistical schedule, especially with classes and stuff. But we'll, mm-hmm. that's, that's something you just have to roll with there. Nothing you can really do about that one. Oh, you could and, fix uh, the light real fast whenever they were up there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was it, it was an interesting night. I was driving back from St. Lawrence that night, so mm-hmm. um, you, I remember you, you calling to tell me, yeah, they're not going to play this game. I was like, oh. Well, yeah, it was a, um, an interesting uh, night. and I drove all the way to Mercyhurst during a tournament on Black Friday to to get canceled. So Okay, so it's actually it's two games at Erie. So it's fr- the Tuesday, the 14th of January. Then they're on the road at er, Mercyhurst again, January 17th. And then they're at home on Saturday, January 18th at 7.05. So, yes, it was Mercyhurst, Mercyhurst Colonials Arena for that one. And uh, we had the first ever Robert Morris Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend, a uh, weekend in which Dylan Lewis-Meyer filled in for a uh, ill, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him injured, but ill, uh, definitely some sort of flu bug or something for from Capital Match. I know that Tim Benz talked about that on the radio, and uh, they he just wasn't able to go. And we, I thought Dylan Lewis-Meyer filled in pretty admirably for his first uh He's come in relief a couple times in the season, but those are his first two starts, and I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, he's always looked really good in relief on the season. I think he's been one of the, the you know the bright spots whenever you look at you know that goaltending situation with you know well of course Kaplmaster being the bright spot you know coming in yeah. and playing very well, but you know you you've heard the uh, you know everything going on with Coop, Reed Cooper and you know you look at it and you know seeing that Lubus Meyer who was. I'll I'll just say it. He was probably brought it, you know, brought in to be sitting at pickle spot, you know, the the three spot, for the majority of his career. You know, getting an opportunity and taking the doing the best with what he can with it, and it uh, he's uh running with it right now, and it's really interesting to to get that type of confidence and be able to get that nod whenever it comes down to it and play like he did. He made a high number of saves in both of those contests, if I remember correctly. It was yeah, I believe the one was. They were both in the 40s. I think the one was 41 and the other one was 43. Loading him up right now. He had... I'm going to be close. I might not be spot on. I think it's 41 and 43. i got to load that up. I'm looking at the stats. Their stat tracker's really a... uh, It's really janky, but it it works. If you do it, it's like you have to make it a full screen or it doesn't give you exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, uh, it it cuts pieces off, too. Yeah, it doesn't give me what I want there. But basically, he uh, he made a lot of saves. And USCHL, I usually yeah. tend to side with for the stats. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Capital Master making people not necessarily for, forget Frankie, but uh, making it a lot less painful to lose him for, 40, for sure. On the, 42 on the saves seven. in the second game, and he made 39 in the first game. So, so 42 and 39. Yeah, that, those are high numbers for a 4 nothing and a 1 nothing, a 1-1 tie with a shootout loss. Yeah, the sudden death shootout, uh, it it's interesting. Well, it, it is definitely interesting. I prefer the three-rounder, but uh you got to take with what they hand you. He he was talking within the uh, post game about it and he was saying how it was interesting to him because he thought he would have the multiple rounds if something went wrong and and ended up, you know, before he knew it, it was over with the one goal. He thought he had two more chances and had an opportunity for Robert Morris to come back. But unfortunately, in the Atlantic Hockey Shootout, it's, it's first goal without a reciprocating goal. So that is it. 
That was game over after that one goal. Lynch, yeah, that was that yeah. was the game. Went went right in the five hole, but uh, yeah, it was it was just interesting to see that. And if they're ever getting that situation again, you know, they got the experience now. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the first time for Army too. I was speaking with Nikolai Busco after the game and the play by play. Uh, extraordinaire that is if you get an opportunity to sit next to him we always have a good time and he's just a, a delight to talk to and uh, get to know and he's uh, he was saying oh, it was the first time for Army and he was confused and just listening to his mannerisms on his broadcast he was like he was stunned by how it ended but that's how it ended so um, yeah so anyway as you were saying <laughs> sorry I get along sometimes yes yes the uh I think the, the the overall theme of this first semester for for the men is, is just how injury plagued this team was at mm-hmm. at times throughout the season. At one point, missing uh, two of their three captains on the ice for uh, quite a few games. I mean, Daniel Manzanuto with the uh, for body injury is is out longer term. He he should be coming back sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, losing Bradley Stonel for the season, the freshman defenseman that was. Getting quite a lot of ice time, um, actually, and they ha- that forced uh, them to burn a year of eligibility and bring up Tyler Love, who I believe was a 21-22 commit from Corpus Christi. I don't think he was necessarily next year, but coming up early. No, I, I believe he was next year. He was next year, and he, oh, took, an he, early, he took an early commitment, and he decided to come the year earlier to help them out. He actually played on Sunday in his fir- in his debut on his first day of eligibility he did not practice with the team prior to, to playing in that game so he he was coming in hot and then as we were we were speaking with uh Derek Schooley and Tyler post game and he Derek noted that yeah he didn't we played very well for it but uh losing Nick Jenny to an injury after just getting him back like kind of prompted them to put him in a lineup a little bit more on the day and he stepped up and he played very well very admirable in his first you know game against the uh Against Army in his collegiate debut, so it was nice to see. He got more time as the game moved on, was a little more um, comfortable with the way things played. So. Absolutely, I mean that that he's going to be a key player in this in this team moving forward here as they look to hopefully go back to the Atlantic Hockey Tournament in Buffalo for the. It, and the one thing I wanted to note, it was ironic. It was Nick Jenny because Nick Jenny was the uh, player that came across early. Back in back three years ago, when John Ray left the team at midseason, so he was Nick Jenny was the player that stepped that came up. Uh, didn't didn't dr- suit up for the entire season, so you know he so he was able to maintain his eligibility throughout the year. But he did join the team and sit on you know basically uh, redshirted his first year in a, in a way, so uh, didn't play at all, didn't burn his eligibility. So, but he was there if they needed him in case of an injury. So yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward. Hopefully, they just get a bunch of people. They just keep getting people back, keep getting people back, keep getting people back, and they can finally roll with their their first completely healthy lineups at the opening weekend. Yeah, and that, 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 that's something I'm fairly certain that they're looking forward to is to getting as many as they can back into the lineup. Of course, we can't. Uh, can't help but mention uh, the best of luck to Grant Haybear, you know, with that hit, the hit that he took. Uh, myself from, and Mr. Uh, Brandon Riley. Yeah. yeah, from myself and Mr. Uh, Gary Heeman talked about it on our last podcast. But, you know, hopefully we can get him back sooner than later. But, though, you know, and you never want to rush the uh, 
you know, those head injuries. And boy, was not it. A, uh, not, not, especially not if there's more than one in a year, which was entirely possible there. Yeah. And I know he had at least one last year. So that's, uh, that's something you got to just, just watch and sort of maintain. Um, Going up into the the next part of the year, you got the middle of the season exhibition game, which is this is a new this is new territory for us. I don't think mm-hmm. either of us have seen this since covering the team, but uh, we got the the middle of the year exhibition game at Johnstown. That'll that'll be good. That'll be interesting. I expect a lot of the, the faces you don't necessarily see uh, get get large amounts of ice time. Um, step up and play in that game, at least predominant roles for that. And I believe it's the, uh, I forget what the team name is. It's one of those. Uh, it's the University of Ontario, I'm sorry, University of Ontario Institute of Technology. It's the same team they played a couple seasons ago in their exhibition game. They're just playing them again at, at Johnstown. Yeah, I, uh, I have a feeling they probably will never play the Brocksville Braves ever again after the, uh, the previous two years of uh of those games, they just probably don't want to bring them back at this point. Um, we got Penn State at PPG. We talked about that one, and we got the reigning conference champion, American International College, coming to the island, and I, I think that's that's definitely going to be a highlight series for them coming up here, as well as their first ever trip to the desert, Arizona State University. Oh, uh, I know we got the. I believe that's Jumanji. a rematch. That that Atlantic that is the Atlantic Hockey semifinal rematch from last season. The AIC was it double yeah, overtime they, or so that they were that they took them to. It was it was double overtime and uh, AIC beat the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I mean, but that, that's nothing new it, from Atlantic Hockey, though. If you think about it, no, it's been what three or four years in a row. Where yeah, Saint Cloud Saint Cloud doesn't want to see an Atlantic Hockey. Represent no, them anymore. I mean, so. Robert Boris almost beat St. Cloud in the three year classic last year in the consolation game. Yeah. So you absolutely that's where you gotta look at it. You don't want to see that them come back around and Atlantic hockey's making a lot of uh making big statements in the tournament at this point. All right. So what do we And uh, I believe senior weekend it's not marked on the schedule, but I'm assuming it's usually it the, the last, last home game. Yeah, last home game of the season. If they change it is, it'll be yeah. It will be against Kinesis February 22nd. And it, it seems like, I don't know, when I was looking at the calendar, it looked like the schedule wraps up early this year. But uh, I forgot about that. They actually will play a couple rounds of playoffs before going to Buffalo, unlike the, uh, the CHA where the regular season ends and the next week, bam, all the teams are single elimination in Buffalo. So right. we'll, uh, we will have to watch the playoffs in mm-hmm. that one there. Yeah. And uh Speaking of women, let's, let's move on to the the women here who are sitting above five hundred, well above five hundred, with a, a ten six and two record. Uh, they're five and one in the conference. They are in second place. Uh, Mercyhurst has first place due to the tiebreaker of I believe is goal differential is the primary tiebreaker. Right. Um, they're five and two and one on the road, and they are have not played any neutral sites games this year and I don't believe they play any of them. I know none of the games will be neutral site until the CHA playoffs. Um let me pull up the standings for the for that at this point. Um the uh 
the nice thing about their schedule down the road is now it's outside of their next their tournament is they're going to be doing the uh, they're going to have all divisional games. So you'd say those tiebreakers, but they mean nothing at this point because yeah, you, you got at, all. You, they had a very they have no out of conference opponents in the second half of the year. So this well, is they have, literally yeah, the this, tournament, but you know, they got the tournament. But this is literally division uh, fear factor at this point. That uh, <laughs> it the is tor- the it tournament. Is, that's right. The, the tournament itself has the number one Wisconsin in it, number three Northwestern, and uh, I'm sorry, not Northwestern, Northwestern's football, Northeastern. Uh-huh. Um, they're number three? Yeah, they're number three because they jumped Cornell. Yeah. And uh, an always tough Colgate team. We've seen, the last time we saw Colgate, I believe Robert Morris tied them mm-hmm. in Colgate. Um, and I think that was a one-off game a couple years ago. Right. It was definitely it was definitely a couple of years ago because I remember Britt was playing in that game, and so was uh, some of the other alumni that we uh, talk about frequently. But their 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 Colonials are receiving votes. They're like an unofficial 15th rank, <laughs> technically based off of receiving votes. Yeah. But uh, the season the season this year started off red hot with uh, the Colonials sweeping Union, and then playing that. The uh, the uh, the uh, very close and possibly winnable game against Minnesota definitely better or closer and probably should have split, but uh, ended up losing one, tying one to Clarkson, and then going to Cornell, who is who is making their debut uh, for the season because the Ivy League starts a whole month mm-hmm. later than. Uh, all the other conferences and getting swept by Cornell in Cornell. You have up there with Justin Burrell, uh, team photographer for that one. That was a that was a good one to to go up and see, even though the Colonials lost both games. And uh, then went on a program record seven game win streak, and then split Mercy in the Teddy Bear Toss game weekend, in which JC set the team's all time record for assists. That was that was fun to watch. That. Um, I'm definitely excited to see what happens in this tournament upcoming here at Lemieux 66. Absolutely. That now let's go back to that Mercyhurst series. That's the series that you're wanting to, you know, you uh, definitely want to see. And uh, one of the big details I think we talk about all season, but we see it in these big weeks. It's been a rough run, and Ariel Desmet got to start in both of those games. Played admirably for the most part. I thought so too. Yeah, uh, Reagan Kirk, the right now bona fide starter. Hasn't uh, didn't get to see any action in that one, but uh, you know now you're looking at it. It's nice to have the uh, you know two goaltenders who are top of the line in net for them, holding down the fort. It's, it's a it's a Murray Jari situation. It's the same thing. Uh, well, let's not let, let's not, let's not say that because anybody that knows me knows the uh, that I'm going to say that uh, you don't want to insult either of them by saying that they're like Matt Murray. Right now, um, oh, that's that's true. But uh, <laughs> Matt Murray does have two Stanley Cups, and uh, yeah, he got him in relief, and yada yada. He played minimal games, hasn't played a full season yet. Yada yada, hasn't proven I'm himself a as a full season. So please, we can, we can throw a oh, we, we you, you and I can you and I can go all day on this, but we're not talking Penguins hockey. We're talking Robert Morris Colonials. Yada yada. Anyway, move along. They're very capable starters. They're they're bona fide collegiate starters. And, the, oh, and we have them for two and a half more years minimum in this situation. So 
Um, you know, one for three more years on three and a half years, one for two and a half years in this situation, and that that's that's a good problem to have when it comes it down to it. Is. And the, we, we talked a lot about how deep this team is this year. That that is part of the reason why this is probably the deepest team we've mm-hmm. we've seen in quite a while here. Yeah, and uh, that, that's the beautiful thing about it, is we talk about you know those numbers and everything. You you'd mentioned it, and I'm looking at your notes now. You know, you got uh, the tr- the transfer in of Boyle, who <laughs> is just absolutely on fire right now. Lead the team in goals. Lead the team in goals. Yeah, thirteen goals. And her story is just you know it's it tells itself. And you know, coming back from the injury and didn't know if she'd ever have an opportunity to play again, and all that other stuff. And <laughs> took a chance on her, and that chance is starting to pay off. And yeah, I mean, this is a team that has is bringing in another transfer that will probably you can't say it for sure, but probably will play against their former team in Wisconsin. And uh, she's I've, eligible I've, I've as a redshirt sophomore. Didn't play her. Okay, her so tr- didn't play at all her true sophomore. Big sophomore yeah. class. Yeah, she didn't. That's got to be one of the largest classes I've ever seen. Yeah, they they had, but that's also coming off of that. Uh, you know, that really big senior class a couple seasons ago. So, I mean, you know, it's yeah, cyclical and transfers in and such. I mean, this is a very small senior class. If you look at it, it's only two of the two of the four players that came in as a true freshman are still on a squad, and yeah. three are graduating. So, you know, you look at that and, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say. You know, it's, it's going to be a short senior night this year. But, yeah, uh, I mean, with three with three people, that's uh, that's probably the shortest one I think I've ever. But seen. I, but uh, let, let's let's look at that real fast. Let's actually go on a little bit of a tangent. You don't have it in your notes, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Oh, we so knew, notes are just a suggestion. We knew. Point. No, no, no. Your notes. We'll go back to it. Don't worry. I, I like what you oh, did. You did a good job. We're, we're talking. We're talking yeah. now. We're we're going off the cuff here. These senior. This is a good topic. The, the senior class. You're looking at a player in J.C. Gephardt. We don't have to go into that too deep. We all know the story, how great that you know that story is. We knew what she was capable of, and we knew she was going to do what she's doing and what she's on the pace to do. We knew that. So let's just put yeah. that aside. Let's talk about the other two right now because they, they seem to be in the background of this, you know, of this class. And I, I, I couldn't say enough about Natalie Marcuse. She's the prototypical type of player that I like to see out there. You want to have on your team. She's a born oh, leader. She's a born leader. She plays with such intensity and tenacity out there. She plays a professional game. Like the la- one of the last people that I saw that played like her was Kenzie Johnson a couple seasons ago. Mackenzie Johnson. They're both incredible two-way forwards. I yes, mean. and she, but she also has that extra gear. It's just the type speed. of player you want. Yeah, you just want out there in those tough situations, and she doesn't get too much of it. She, you know, she's getting overshadowed by a player that is, you know, <laughs> on a different level. Let's just put it that way. She, like J.C. Gephardt, is, you know, the best team in possibly. I'll say it, you know, right now in collegiate right now, and she is, you know, an arguably top player, and you know, you you get that second. She's also a center which is going to put a little bit of a cover on what Marcuse does. Now, Marcuse might not have the numbers, but she definitely has the intangibles. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and she's an alternate captain for a reason. All, all three of the seniors are captains this year. Right, right. And then you move along to 
crash, Sarah LeCablier. Comes Another in, transfer, yeah, by the way. Transfer. Comes in season after the CHA championship. You know, short on defense. What are you going to do? Um, you're going to bring well, – we'll, we'll say defense. She came in as a forward her first season, and there's a whole other phenomenal. side of that. Definitely Played, one of the better power forwards I've ever seen. Po- yeah, absolutely. Shot – like, it, that shot is so heavy that she has. You move in this, in the year number two with Robert Morris, three of her collegi- collegiate career. And, of course, she was a uh, she was a victim of the North Dakota situation. And, we all know about the North Dakota yeah, situation. It, and, is, it is one of the – most amazing conference shakeup of all time. It, it redefined it, the whole conference. It made the CHA a better conference, but made NCAA weaker in in a sense, yeah. if you think about it that way. And you look at somebody uh, like Sarah LeCavalier, comes to Robert Morris, plays forward in her for her uh, first year with the team. They move her to the back end for year number two, and the growth there. Has been ex- exponential, and, and it was out of necessity too. It wasn't mm-hmm. really a by choice thing, and it just worked out. And it, it's interesting because you know, you you had a freshman going sophomore in Morgan Shower who wasn't progressing probably as most people would say is she should have at that time. And you know, you had to make a look, you take a look and see what you're doing. And that's only out of my own speculation. You know, you see it on the ice. I, I'm a very big underdog yeah. type person. I love to see an underdog perform, but maybe there wasn't oh, a fit. Maybe, yeah, maybe there wasn't a fit. Maybe there wasn't a fit. Maybe they're not. But then you also look at it and you say, "I've got Kirsten Welsh and Maggie Legue on the back end here. We graduated Cat Murphy and uh, Nat Frazier, and we are. We want to make sure we have a solid lineup. You have." Emily Curlett going into her second season last year. So you put LeCablier on that line. And, I mean, think about it for a second. You give her an opportunity to play on D, and you bring in those the, the freshman class. And those two played very well in uh, Rice and Thompson. They played very well in their freshman year. It's hard to do as yeah, a freshman. Yeah, I, I, I love this year. both of them. Right. And so, both of them got predominant minutes as the year progressed. Like, but they've earned. They earned it. The, they earned it. And they absolutely earned it. Yeah. And you you move into that and you look at it and you say, um, here is what we have to do to progress. And I think her doing as well as she did over the year, moving into that role as a defensive stalwart, created the opportunity going into this season. For a player like Emily Harley, to move into the back to the move to the back end, and I think that experience helped all of them out. Tall forward, tall center who was going to be buried in the lineup again this season. If you think about it, you had an overabundance of centers this year. So yeah, I mean they they brought I think two in off the recruiting class. Yeah, and they had to move the one to the wing. So I mean yeah, so now you have a great problem to have. Yeah, and that was then you know the the move necessitated and created a great scenario. It was a little bit of a fish out of water for Harley to begin the year, but I think Crash has been, you know, shown that that is a possibility to move into that position to collegiate level in a very and short Murph period of time. And Murphy did before that, and Frazier did before that. That's I mean, what I said. A, Murphy. A history of him moving people around and just finding that natural click, and he's done it yet again. My favorite thing that I said whenever I started covering the women's team is when I looked on Twitter 
to look at the details. And Kat Murphy, her, self, her, her sophomore year, was the opening night starting center for the Colonials. <laughs> yep. So she moved back yep. to the back end later that season and just moved along and progressed. And I'm just saying that it, it was something that you don't look at. The intangibles with this senior class, somebody like the selflessness of this senior class is what I'm Absolutely. seeing. It, it's to progress and build the program that was, you know, just started to be instilled in, over time that you want to make this program something. And I, I see from five years ago to this year, this is my fifth year covering the team in their 15th season, I believe. Or is it their sixth? Yeah, this is, this is your 15 this, for the this team. This is their 15th season. Yeah, they got special puck sport and everything. I'm still looking for one. So <laughs> if, if anybody wants to, like, you know, throw me a bone there. Um, 15th year. I covered it for a third of their existence. I'm starting to pick up little bits and pieces of their previous years, the, the 10 years prior. And it, it's something nice to see that they're growing and they're just their selflessness is starting to build off into these younger players. And I think this class is going to come out as something special, even in, not even based off the size of them, but actually the, uh, you know, how, what they meant to the program. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I won't say that I'm an expert but I'm going to say that, you know, this class holds a special place in the in the history of this program. Oh, absolutely. When all said and done as a whole. So, all right. And, I mean, the, the last two players that know what it, what it takes to win a conference championship are both seniors this year. Well. I, I think they're going to get a really good run at this point. I, 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 will, I will take that, then I will raise you two things. Boyle has an NCAA championship, which she true. saw happen, and the I can't remember what is the uh, the new the new girl. Uh, the new remember. girl, uh, her name's Kylie, but uh, we're just gonna call her Kylie H until somebody gets the pronunciation Hanslick. on. Hanslick, that. that's it. Okay, and okay, she uh, she has a, a national championship with Wisconsin. With Wisconsin, and I mean they. You got yeah, the. You now have the experience. Have, you have two, but. Two rings on your, you know, and yeah. that's something you got to remember is going to be important down the stretch. And you have because two CHA yeah. And they know have. how to encourage other mm-hmm. players to get to to get to that level of excellence. And, and that's, that's going to be invaluable. That is what an asset right there. And that's what it's all about is right is that right there. And you went out and you were able to pick up two transfers with experience. And we're able to continue. And now let's see how that works out and how they fit together in the system. And some go- you might see something special this year. It wasn't going to be. Very, you very well might. So, all right. So you were saying, let's go back to what you were talking let's about. I apologize for hijacking your your segment. but Oh, no, no, no. I think that's an excellent, excellent conversation point to, uh, to go into there because mm-hmm. – when you look at how this roster is built, it's impressive. It's just, it's just impressive. It's one mm-hmm. of the coolest things about the team yeah. is how the, the, the composition and everything. And plus, how many um, players you have with siblings that also play hockey and also have done great, great things in hockey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it, it's our great. Hockey is a family, and the, the lineage on this team is incredible. All right, so let's go back into the uh, – okay – we were talking. Did we start talking about the season yet, or did I hijack you before we got to that point? 
You know, we went, we, we we talked about the season. Okay. We didn't talk about what's up, what's upcoming here. We we hit on pretty much all the storylines. Okay. I had, I had pointed out there, but um, we're we're gonna briefly skim over the statistics here because we we do have probably the longest segment in the. We are on thirty minutes, and I've already decided that I'm splitting my halftime shows up. My my halftime coverage is up to into three separate podcasts, so we're good. Um, okay. Okay. So um, Ed tried to throw me a three, thirty minute guy. So. Yes. Okay. Yes. They, uh, we do have two of the top five conference scores. Marzier also has two of the top five conference yeah, scores. And we haven't that. even mentioned Lexi Templeman. <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. This at this we, point. we got there. Yeah, we it, got it, there. It, it all works its, its, its way back to the top line eventually. Uh-huh. Something of a different animal. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, Lexi is what? Fifth, I think, let me see here, I lost my spot in my notes here. Da, da, da. Seventh in the nation with assists with 19. There's a very good chance you could hit 30 before the end of the year. I don't know. I didn't do the pacing on this one, plug it into Microsoft Excel and have a good time. But, uh, I mean, that that's definitely possibly 30 assists, if not more than that, by the end of the year. And you have the two top scorers on a power play in the uh-huh. nation. This is This is a power play that is, just like a venomous snake, as uh, it'll it'll bite you if you step too close to it. Oh yeah. And, uh, and this is something that I feel previous teams they could get power play opportunities, not always pot goals, but uh, mm-hmm. this one you feel like every time they're on a power play, that is their bread and butter to beat you. And if you give them too many opportunities, you you could find yourself in a landslide very quickly. Yeah, isn't that something interesting? You do to talk about is with all the players that we've had. You know, come through here, and it's Curlette and Boyle, two young players that you still have for another year and a half, already showing, you know, that they can lead by example. Yeah, Boyle for two and a half, I believe. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow, we are moving along here. All right. Yeah, and I mean this this power play, it's it's definitely one of the more interesting ones to watch in the NCAA. I mean, we've seen. We've seen the top, other top units. They all came to the island, so we yeah. we all know what else is out there. We have something very special. Yeah. Um, I mean, all the freshmen this year. This is this is probably one of the most thrown into the lineup and watch them succeed. Freshman groups we've had coming here. In a, <laughs> isn't in a that long time. isn't that interesting? You know, you look at that and Burbage and it, you know Burbage comes in plays like you know she belongs at Fiala. Please. She's one of your top penalty killers. When and it is t- her birthday today. Oh. At the time of recording. Oh, so well, happy, birthday. happy birthday, Fiala. And y- you look at that. I mean, you could, there's argument that there's growth on the back end, too, with uh, Hebert and and um, Fairman. They both got opportunity to play in the last game against Mercyhurst and actually stood their ground very well. There, there's a lot of green there, but they're, they, they're growing. It's, it's hard to step in. And you forget the last couple of years, you know, we've been, you know, Robert Morris has been blessed with players like Colette, like Welsh, like like Legu, who could step in their freshman year and play defense in at the collegiate level at a at a, a pretty high level, and then yes. you get, you come in and you see, you know, it takes a little bit to grow. And Rice and uh, Thompson, yeah, they stepped in, but it was there was a little bit of growing pains in the first couple games last year, but. They made the most of it towards the end of the season, and they grew. And this year, it's just another day, another year with this squad. Hey Bear and Fiala, and uh, I'm sorry, Hey Bear and um, 
Fairman are playing well whenever they need to be put in the lineup, whenever they're required in the lineup. And it's good to see that the depth is there and you're, you're able to rely on that back end, especially with this freshman class. Absolutely. Um, we talked about the cheap, we talked about all the transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about what Boyle's doing, which is just mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. We, we briefly talked about what Lexi's doing, but, uh, just, just having that playmaker on that top line like that is it just puts everything mm-hmm. all together. Oh um, yeah. So we got we did talk briefly about the Battle of the Berg. That that's going to be real interesting. I mean, you get you get a shot at the number one team, and that, that is uh, with the way that the conference scheduling is and everything. I don't believe Wisconsin plays very many out of conference games. I think the WCHA is kind of packed. And like I know Hockey East, for for example, they play maybe one or two out of conference series per teams. Let's see. Um, a year. Loading up Wisconsin's schedule. Wisconsin. So I'm pretty sure most of their stuff is is WCHA. Oh, I believe I you. Think. Yeah, I believe you. They played Lindenwood. They, they did play Lindenwood. Oh, two, they also four, played Syracuse. No, they played Lindenwood at Lindenwood, Penn State at home. They were, uh, that was a, I don't know if it was at a conference or not. I can't see if that was. I know was. they played LIU Brooklyn this year. LIU Brooklyn. They played Ohio State as a conference, Bemidji. Minnesota, Minnesota State, St. Claude. They played Harvard in the Country Classic Weekend in Nashville. In Boston College, they were able to win that little tournament. Um, that, that sounds like a fun one. Minnesota two, Duluth. Two, two tournaments one year. How about that one? <laughs> yeah. And then they're two, they're two out of three series, too. They played over Thanksgiving, and now they're playing over New Year's. So, yeah, they played a couple. They are not out of conference the remainder of the season after facing in our tournament. So Colgate, Northeast, Robert Morris, and Wisconsin are in the battle at the Burke. So that's where they're at. Wow. And, I mean, that, the, the, the first time Robert Morris ever played Wisconsin was uh, with, with Jeff Dodds and that, that group of uh, – mm-hmm. Players and everything, the twenty, the twenty sixteen AHA champions team. Oh no, they played them way back in the day. They did like way back in the day. Way back like, in the day. I mean, recently, it was the championship squad, and then yeah, you're right. It was the uh, CHA championship squad. They were had, they headed up there on St. Patrick's Day weekend. So yeah, and yeah, I they, mean that's that's gonna be interesting to see because I think this is probably and. I mean, you can't you can't ever knock a championship team, but this is probably the best squad that they've sent in to play against Wisconsin. So we will see what happens in that one. I think it's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks. If not, something special happens. Well, you look at the beginning of the season for them, and it was uh, it was definitely uh, they put, they the were gauntlet. in they were in it with those teams they weren't out of it like there there were times you thought okay they can knock off Clarkson they can knock off Minnesota like you were you were and honestly Minnesota like, was number 1 at one point this yeah. year and i believe Clarkson was as high as 2 yeah and you are looking at like they were competing with these teams these top teams of course with Colgate sorry with Cornell not Colgate um playing like they did they'll be of course um Colgate you got the uh the side story of of having Chelsea Walkland back so coming back yeah, that's to town. A, that's so. an interesting one. And isn't uh, oh wait no 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 mm-hmm. that that girl's on a different team. I was thinking of the one girl chick from Pittsburgh, um, Maddie Mills. Maddie Mills Cornell. is on Cornell. Yeah, 
Yeah. But uh, you also look at the uh, – no, matter of fact, I should probably – oh, I should have called her today about that, trying to get her on. But uh, not, a, not a bad guest ever. No, uh, yeah, Chelsea, not not Maddie. Oh. Yeah, Chelsea okay. would have been a good met for this one. Might have to talk to her after the game next week. Um, but you look at it and you're talking about local girl in uh, Shayla Edwards playing for Wisconsin right now, so – it's going to be interesting. Okay, I, I remember seeing that, and I wrote it down somewhere. Penn's Elite, no Penn's Elite went to Shady Side Academy. Uh, she's from Cleveland, so she is tall for tall defenseman. So you can't miss her out there. You'll know she's a fun player to watch. She was very interesting to play the way she played at Penn's Elite. So demanded a lot. Absolutely, and it's, it's great to see the program keep a lot of those. Penn's elite players looking forward to next year. Yep. Keeping them home. Uh, it's, and it's not easy to do. I mean, we've seen such phenomenal players with, with Pittsburgh birthplaces go to all ends of the world to play hockey. And to have them here and stay here is always phenomenal. All right. So since we're going to split this up and we're going to talk a little bit more, we're at 40 minutes. So I'm just going to go ahead and we're going to continue the conversation if you have the time. And <laughs> if that's okay with you. And, yeah, I mean, what, what do we got left? Okay, so I'm just gonna say it. Second half, you you have it down here. What? Oh, I do. I what do are your projections for the second half? What What are you seeing for the men's side? We'll start on the men's side. Projections on the second for, half of the men's side. For the men's side, I think both Roman Kramer and uh, Tyler Love and uh, Cam A. Bear step up and have very impactful second half as they mm-hmm. start to just grow into their roles with uh, the men's team. And I think the, the biggest highlight of the second half will be will come against whatever they do against Penn State and whatever they do against Arizona State. I, like I think it. those are going to be the two the two weekends to watch. The, the non-conference stuff. Team. Where do they – on the, the spot. conference Yeah, on the spot. The, Go ahead. On the spot conference. Yeah, where do they finish in the conference on the spot? Third. Third, you like third. I had him in fourth, like, third or fourth. You're about right. You're about where I was on I, it. I have him in third, and I have Sacred Heart taking it down. Which I don't think I was ever going to mutter those words in my life, but here we are. Um, I didn't go that far, and I didn't ask for that. But you're the one who's going to have to answer to Schooley, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's true. But um, this is the regular season. All that matters yeah. is the postseason. Oh no, 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 absolutely. But it's big. Whenever you look at that home home ice for the first round. Getting into that four-five position, so you got to remember that, and the buy whenever yeah. you're in the top four. So in Atlantic as hockey, long it's as weird. They in the top four, mm-hmm. they're, they're, we're good for a home ice series. I think Capelmaster will carry them. Um, I think the I think the uh, offense will start to improve. I mean, you you saw a little bit of a power outage from your your uh, veteran players this season, and. I thought I saw they, a lot of them. A lot of them were injured, so we're, we'll see them. As, Correct. I think as the team gets healthier, the better mm-hmm. the results will be. I think you're going to see uh, the player to watch in the second half is Luke Lynch. Um, he Absolutely. Slow start to the first half. I, I would say I'll use the term slow start, but that's a player that once he turns it on, he turns it on and he goes. So <laughs> he's not fun and to I play mean, against. Yeah, that's, that's your that's your, your veteran to watch of the uh, – the second half, but I would say the same thing. I, I think uh, my, my my dark horse is Michael Coyne. Do, Michael Coyne. Like. Okay, 
I have to talk about this because we didn't get a chance to talk about this. Um, I think this is the first time I get to talk about it. I was talking to the SID, Matt Geica. Neither of us noticed that he was wearing the alternates A on the uh, <laughs> until well, after that game. And then <laughs> we saw that during the weekend. And, you know, th- that's a guy who this season, you know, talking about it last season and talking to Schooley, and he discussed, you know, how he has stepped up and he is expected to become like this veteran presence because you can go back and you can look at all the players from that class who have transferred and who have left the program and how many problems they had and, with and things. And there's a lot. And there are a lot. That's not a small number when you look at it. But that player in Mike Coyne, and that's you know one of the seniors this year, is one that he expected to step up and has done so in a, drum, a great way. And going into this season, that's something that Derek Schooley explained that was he was looking for, and that's what you've seen. Like, a player like that is... You come in on your freshman year, you're buried basically because of your, you know, the, the amount of talent that's above you, and then you worked your way up, and then, you know, it, it's it's great to see in that class. So he is Absolutely. definitely there, um, you know, earned that 100%. I, you know, and, and he's starting to show on the offensive side too. He's getting the, the shifts on the offensive play, you know, the scheme and such. So beautiful to see. Well done for him getting the time on the three on three in overtime. Um, you don't get to start get that ice time unless you're trusted, especially in a three on three situation with a lot of you have to be smart with the puck, have to know what you're doing. You can't just go out there and be all willy nilly. And yeah, so that's I like that as a player for, to watch. So, and my other one for this season is the defense. I think that defense continues to improve as the season goes. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think you're going to watch Nolan Schaefer truly evolve in this mm-hmm. second half to be a, a true top, not just a, uh, a true top pair defenseman, but mm-hmm. somebody who is looked at very similar, not necessarily the offensive output, but um, of Eric Israel, but looked at more of like a, a Rob Mann type player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, McCallion has also showed me a lot of potential uh, into the season from last year. So he, he's also one guy that I would say you keep an eye on for the second half because he that defense, I think, is going to just improve as you continue. The best the best thing for the confidence of a defense is a strong goaltending, and you're getting that out of both Meyer and Kappelmaster. So, you know. That, you're that, in that, every game that you give one, one of those two guys the net. So, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. But something you cannot complain about. That. All right, so let's just... switch over women's side projections in the second half. It, whether they win their was it fourth, is it fourth or third consecutive regular season title, it'll be number um, four because they wanted to see they wanted every year they were number one seed going in every year. I think that's something that they absolutely is attainable, mm-hmm. and I. I would say at this point it's kind of expectation. I mean, or the um, expectation because mm-hmm. of just what we've seen in the past. But mm-hmm. what it will come down to is uh, taking care of business against the people you're supposed to take care of business against, mm-hmm. and uh, ho- hoping that you get um, the the series win in the regular season against Mercyhurst. I think that's where it it really boils down to. Or if uh, if Mercyhurst slips up at any point in the season and you 
are able to take care of business. You don't. You might not have to win that series in order to win the conference. Yeah, you, you so look at that something to watch. That Mercyhurst situation you were referring to. They had that down year where Robert Morris was able to take three out of the four and tie the other fourth um, in the last couple of years. And that's where it really started the, the flip the switch is Robert Morris started to get a little more momentum as they realized Mercyhurst wasn't, uh, you know, th- th- falling. And then that was the other side of we were referring to the North Dakota fallout. Well, they yeah. ended up with both Newton and and, uh, and Tanksinick, and she, uh, and then Kennedy Blair come across, and they got a defenseman as well. I think it was Marmon. Yeah, so they got four players four out. Players. That's a lot of players. Yeah, so you look at that, and then they're you know automatically out of nowhere, they're be- they're exponentially better, and then they ended up you know that was the year that they they came back, and Syracuse. <laughs> was just in their groove of being able to continue. They had Abby Miller in net, and it was a great run for the Orange. That was the year that they ended up winning the title. Uh, and but, then they fell off a cliff this year. <laughs> well, well, you know what? You graduate, and it's cyclical, and it just depends how you know everything works out. And then it doesn't hurt right, with the so schedule. As long as you have Lindsay Eastwood, anything is possible. Yeah, that's, that's a name that we haven't had to say yet. And woo. That is a, yeah. a good player right there at Lindsay Eastwood. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, but you got, I would say right now, you put the uh, all my eggs in the basket. I don't think they win the conference and regular season title this year. You don't think they do? I, I think they finish second in the conference by a point or two. It doesn't to come down to Mercer a tiebreaker to Mercyhurst. To Mercyhurst. And, but I do think that they do the deed in the postseason. And I, and I think that, that, that when you look at it all, that no, is all that nobody wants to be the Bills. Yeah. Nobody exactly. wants to be the Bills. Nobody wants to go to the finals so many years in a row and lose. And just not win. Yeah. You, you, I, I think this is the year that even if they slide into the postseason at a lower seed, mm-hmm. That's the only motivation for them. I, I to, say they, they'll get the two seed. They'll get the two seed. Yeah, I think uh, they get the day off because I'll be honest with you, I'd rather not have to take any days off of work. Is so tremendous this year. Like the, it's not even close between three and two at this point. This right, year, you're going to have that fall off. You're not having to run like we did last year, where it's like, okay, well, if they beat them here, and this happens, then you could still fall from first to being uh, playing on day one. Of the postseason. Yeah. And yeah, it's not like that this year. This is a very spread out conference with um I think there's there's two teams that are really like kind of just stuck at the bottom. I, right. I you will see a lot of moving in the middle, but I don't I don't think that I don't think that there's that big of a or there's a big difference between your two through the bottom this year. They're just and it's it's something that we haven't seen recently in mm-hmm. recent years, but this year we're we're there. Especially right. with goalie situation. That's a that's an interesting one. Yes. Um, okay. So, J.C. Gebhardt over under two hundred and five points. I'm gonna say under. Under two hundred five career. I'm gonna say under two hundred five career because I think she's gonna sit at two hundred exact. Okay. Because two you count your points count in the postseason. So. That is true. That is I what don't I'm referring they count to. In the NCAA tournament, though. They we we do not know that. I do not know that. For any certain, I think I, they I don't do. Know that I think they do because they count the games played. Uh, then, as long as it's 
statistically chalked up as a game played, all the stat count. Yes, so 200, 205 is the number I'm looking at. I think she sits with. And okay, four years ago, sorry, three years ago, do you see? Did you see this as a possibility? We're talking 200 points. Not 200. I thought it would be very close to whatever Britt ended her career with. I didn't mm-hmm. know if it would get close enough to break it. And now we're not talking about breaking it at this point. We're, we're, the question now is when. We're not. We're not <laughs> if. We're when now. And the only thing that can yeah. derail her is an injury at this point. Let's forbid that Which, at this point. Um, yeah. But uh, the uh, my point is that you look at that and that those numbers are unheard of. And I, I truthfully came in coming into this season. I had her at fifty-fifty of breaking it, and then just because of how strong the the uh, opponents were. No, I, I said at the beginning of the season was depending on what what Boyle brought to the table because of her pedigree and how well she played, and that. <laughs> well, we found out, you know, especially how uh, how that played out, and yeah, I mean, I'm not Absolutely. saying she was. I didn't say she wasn't gonna make it. I'm saying that I thought there was a possibility. Now, whenever we're like, we were four weeks in and we're like, okay, so this is actually happening and when, uh, but yeah, she, uh, I mean, it, it took us that for me, it took that union series to realize, oh, this team's going to put up some, they're going to put up goals and they're going to put up at least possibly an average of four a game this year. And that's, that's what I thought realistically at the beginning, mm-hmm. I think they're at about three and a half a game right now, right. average, which I mean. Insane. If you're putting up four goals a game this year, that that's that's going to beat a lot of teams. Because you it graduated so much firepower, and yeah, then, no, no Welsh, no, no Maggie, no Amber Rennie, who she's played with for three years now. Yes, that um, was three years with her and her and, and Howard started that line out, and then it was yes. then it was Howard Gabbard, Howard Gabbard, Rennie, all of course of those three lines, and then it was Lexi Rennie and. Uh, and JC, and now it's and JC, Boyle. Yeah. Now it's Boyle, Lexi, and JC. Yeah. So which next year, you you, you throw in the possibilities of, of what they can do with that top line next year. That's some dangerous. Yeah, here's and you're bringing Lexi back with Boyle, and they're already on the same page, and you don't know who they're going to put on the line with both of them. So, you know, it could be a new I, player, I could idea, be somebody. But I'm going to keep it to myself. Huh? <laughs> I have an idea, but I'm going to keep that one to myself. Hold on to that, and we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit later about that. We're not looking at that right now. We're looking at we're looking at the second half of this season. So, all right, and all right. What in the second half? Which freshman? Which which first year is going to step up? Um, they're already giving Joe a a lot of. Uh, they're playing in a lot of tough situations. Uh, a lot of defensive zone situations i think we're going to see her two-way game evolve and uh i think she doubles her goal total in the second half but i think um i'm sticking with my guns with my first half prediction that courtney coleman is going to be the breakout player of the year well she's not a first year that's true (laughs) but she's going to be the most improved player um i i think personally okay so you'll you'll go with coleman i still had g uh jillian thompson who has definitely stepped up as a solid defender this year. Absolutely. Um, so, all right. So we're looking at that. We're looking into the second half. Matt, I appreciate you coming on for this extended, un- unannounced extended Robert Morris uh, ha- halftime show. Uh, it, uh, it just happened. It just so happened. We just started talking hockey, and this is this is the kind of stuff that happens. So, 
All right. Uh, at least we didn't have our webcam enabled or anything like that. Well, uh, we'll do, speak we'll for yourself. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I had this one Facebook living. No, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, I mean, you know what? That wouldn't be terrible. That would have been a fun. A lot of exposure right there. All right, Matt. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. I will talk to you later. Um, everybody, that was Absolutely. Matt Mamros. Matt, do you want to say have any comments going into the Christmas holiday? What do you got planned? Um. Well, I just uh, I bought myself a Christmas present recently. I got Uh-oh. Zach Lynch's last ever jersey as a professional. Zach Lynch's final jersey as a professional. I did. Uh, they uh, they dug it out of a closet full of cobwebs and wheeling, and I bought it on the spot. So oh, they was, found uh, one of their regular closets in wheeling. I'm kidding. Not not anything yeah. wrong with you guys, nailers. I love you to death. And uh, I was I was there for their um, I was there. What was that? Uh, I was there Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they lost to the seven-win team, Kalamazoo Wings. You have four of their seven wins against Wheeling this year. I've got to stop losing to Kalamazoo. Well, that's that's, that's called that, kryptonite, sir. That is a team that has been in last place in the ECHL. We're talking the entire ECHL for the last year and a half. Wow! And they come and and play in West Bank like it's their home rink. Wow. It's un, it's unbelievable. All right. Well, thank you again, sir, for coming on. Um, we will talk with Matt Mamros at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex on the 5th when we record next. Matt, enjoy your holiday. Take care. We'll talk to you guys next time on the PhD Podcast.